What will we find in today's Thursday thrillers here on the Mutual Audio Network? A few baffling mysteries? Perhaps a touch of murder? Let's find out. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Welcome back to Season 2 of Neon Shadows, a noir tale. You may have noticed a new show emerged from Blunderbuss Studios called Blundercast. Members of Blunderbuss Studios and our lovely friends chat about behind the scenes in voice acting, writing, producing, and everything else that comes with the territory. We also talk about our industry peers, and don't be surprised to hear us veer off into topics like anime, movies, and video games. If that's something you'd be interested in, or you can't get enough of our voices, head over to Blundercast, hosted on Anchor and Spotify. If you subscribe there, you'll never miss an episode. But for now, let's head back into the Neon Shadows. Sirens get a certain reputation. Manipulators, opportunists, whores. Granted, most of us have earned at least one of those titles, but as a whole, it ignores the glaring truth. Humans are weak. People of all races, even the supernatural, are susceptible to even a glimmer of hope or a hint of purpose. It isn't so bad, is it? Giving the lost purpose. Some have taken advantage for nefarious purposes or even love. That's par for the course. Imagine having the power to realize your dreams and not using it. So, how was your peregrination? Did you get the right? There were a few bumps in the road. We don't know what all is in here. This whole box could be filled with weird items. I guess that Storelli was a collector of occult oddities. Interesting. How did you get into evidence? I have my ways. I'm inclined to believe that. Um, ah, here it is. Now we can help Dusty. Let's go to the basement. We have a problem, though. He doesn't know where we are, Frank. Who? Andros? Yeah, we bumped into him at the police station. He was looking for a key in this box. 
It's the one Cordelia already gave me when Andras tried to kill us, but that's not my number one concern. What's worse than a demon looking for you? The Hellhound, shredding people to bits all over Darkrim. I have a knack for bumping into crazies. A Hellhound can't be here. Not without a host. Well, there was a woman. She chopped off a guy's head before feeding the rest of him to the Hound. Cordelia still didn't believe me, but judging by the fear on Ulysses' face, I think she wanted it to not be real. She knew better. Ulysses was beside himself. We should have been helping Dusty, but we stood awkwardly at the base of the stairs. A low rumble percolated in a dark corner of the basement. Chains swaying and straining created metal whispers. The rumbling graduated to a growl. Something was pissed. Whoa! What the hell? Ah oh, yes, we should probably help Dusty. He's a little frustrated. Ulysses had a cavalier attitude considering the state of my partner. Enough light shone from the single live bulb in the room to highlight the ears, nose, and mane of a wolf-like creature. I knew it was Dusty, but it also felt like he shared the space with someone else. Judging by the outline, this new version of Dusty was not much bigger than the normal state, albeit a little bit hairier. Ulysses read the incantation again and again. The wolf receded more with every recitation. The hair and palpitating musculature seemingly evaporated. Dusty lay face down on the wood floor, dust ebbing and flowing with exasperated breaths. That should do it. We'll let him sleep it off. I'll unchain him. Meanwhile, we need a strategy. One that includes hellhounds and demons. I felt groggy, but oddly, in a good way. My head didn't hurt, which was a welcome change. No blood on me either. I looked around for my friends. They weren't here, but they were kind enough to unchain me. I heard their voices carry down the steps. Hey, everybody. How you feeling, kid? I'm alright. Better than usual after the effects of the totem. In theory, it will take less and less of a toll on you. Though you should always carry spare clothes. I imagine that part of the process might put a strain on your wallet. So I can turn when I want? Probably not right away, but we should test it before you try to use it in a life or death scenario. Well, to catch you up, the demon who's hunting down a key to open a scary box of God knows what is after us. He thinks we may have a key. We do. So we need to find a way to kill him before he kills us. Also, I chased down an armed robber that killed the owner of Cabaldi's. Of course you did. But when I caught up to him, a woman in a cloak with a hood grabbed him and fed him to her dog after chopping his head off. A dog? Well, I was trying not to freak him out. This story already has demons and beheadings. He's a big boy. A woman in a cloak and a large dog? I met a hooded woman the other night when Reynolds and all those mob guys were killed at the underpass. Yeah, it's a very large, demonic magic dog. A hellhound! And there's very severe implications if that thing is on this plane at all. Creatures like that shouldn't exist here. I can think of a few others. Admit it, we're actually becoming friends. Over my dead body. Or yours. 
Will you two stop? So that woman killed all those men? Yeah, she must be the one the news is calling Angel. And from what I've seen, she is anything but an angel. This whole time I thought it was me killing people. Oh, no, Dusty. Just because you didn't have full control doesn't mean you're capable of harming innocents. By the looks of the enchantment, you're still you and revert to your subconscious. Why did I wake up after my evenings as the wolf covered in blood? I imagine you were hungry. You know the outside of the town is teeming with deer. They overpopulate and meander into the city. Uh, that would be my first choice of meal. So it was probably just animals. Unless you find concrete evidence to the contrary, I'd say it's a safe bet. Ulysses, do you have any leads on how to kill Andras? Unfortunately, no. There's ways to stall him or temporarily banish demonkind. I have a feeling that would only piss him off. Well, we don't have to kill him, right? You said he thinks you have the key, but if you could convince him that you don't, maybe he would look elsewhere. At least for the time being, till we have a more permanent solution. Hey, kid, not half bad. And how would we do that? Gareth. Who is that? One of Sorelli's goons. He's an enforcer. Honestly, he would probably be coming for me sooner or later. He's the only one from that family that I'm petrified of. I thought you said you didn't think anyone was coming after the key. Wishful thinking. Jesus Christ, Cordelia. I've run into Gareth. Twice now. Both times I felt something really dark and twisted about him. I watched him kill one of his own men. What the hell were you doing there? I needed to find where the coin was and if there was any leads on my situation. You see, this all started because of Storelli collecting his darn relics. And the incident at Gorgonestas was me. I was tied up in that restaurant and I blacked out or wolfed out. I'm sure the wolf got me out of there, but I didn't think Angel was the one who ripped the Don to shreds. They probably blame me for it if they know what the medallion does. So where did you meet Gareth? He took a dishwasher from Gorgonestas and was going to kill him for being a witness to criminal activity. That night I'm pretty sure the blood on my hands was human, but I had to save Clark. Relax, Dusty. You're in a room full of sinners. Sometimes we're left with no choice. So you didn't kill Gareth? No, that night at the quarry he walked out before I, the wolf, jumped in to save Clark. I also saw him at the underpass... He tried to run me over, but I shot him and he drove off. I just realized he knows exactly who I am and where I work. Oh, God, no. We gotta go see if Sam's okay. I'll call the office. <clears throat> Dusty, we should hurry. Cordelia butted Ulysses away, taking the crossbow from him and brandishing it as her own, giving him a sly grin. Frank shook his head as he repeatedly called Lady Justice. Ulysses, keep calling and see if you can get through to Sam. I'll rush over with them. Ulysses let disappointment slip past his accommodating demeanor. He must have grown partial to action since his adventure with Frank. I could tell he felt left out, but now was not the time to worry about that. I can't believe I left Sam alone all this time. I glanced back before exiting and Ulysses waved me over. Dusty, wait. Since I'm not going with you, I'd like you to have this. It would make me feel better since you can't safely use the power inside you just yet. He handed me a small, rusty pistol from behind the bar. It's small, I know, but this baby Browning got me through some tough times in Paris. The City of Lights has been pretty dark throughout history. But I digress. You need to check on Sam. Thanks, Ulysses. It was the perfect size for my pocket. Probably not the best size for putting down a Goliath like Gareth, 
But like Ulysses said, I had no idea how to use the wolf and I needed contingencies. I ran out the door and hopped into Frank's running car. What the hell took so long? Ulysses gave me a pistol. Well, here's hoping you don't need it. We made it to the office, but not in time. There was an armed guard outside of the building with a few ritzy cars that were out of place for the area. We needed a plan and we needed to play it cool. Sam was still in there with those goons. Shit. Any ideas? There's only one out front. Yeah, but we can't let him make a peep. You seem to have forgotten my prowess, Siren, remember? So what are you gonna do? You mean besides making him putty in my hands? He's gonna help us get in there quietly. That's helpful. But what about the rest? I know we shouldn't think of it, but- No! It may be the only option. There's gotta be like 10 guys up there. And we are definitely not prepared for all-out war. I agree, it should be last resort, but that may be all we got. Why don't we just make that the last, last, last resort? Cordelia, you do whatever you do. Dusty and I will follow in behind. What if we set off the fire alarm? Just so we're on the same page. The fire exit in the back of the building is the only place with an emergency lever. I'll go. I better go in case there's more henchmen in the back. We'll meet up in the front of the office when everyone's rushing out. The confusion should give us some cover. Okay, Dusty, it's you, me, and whoever this poor meat shield is. It goes without saying, let's keep the killing to a minimum. Cordelia. Fine. Fun to a minimum. Got it. What do we do when we get to the office? Hope I have a plan. Great. Okay, I'm up. Cordelia walked up to the man with a charming smile and touched his cheek with the tips of her fingers. A couple false gestures of adoration later and he was smitten. She whispered something into his ear and he readied his machine gun. Alright, Dusty. This gentleman will be escorting us to Lady Justice. Okay guys, be careful. And if anything happens, just take off. I don't want you to get hurt either. I'm touched. But we're in good hands here. She put her arm around our new acquaintance and he stood silent with a smile on his face. Honestly, it creeped me out. Frank walked down the hall towards the south wing where the fire exit was. It wouldn't take long to pull the alarm so I figured we better hurry. I didn't come to this side of our office building often. End of this hallway was just parole offices, license bureaus, and the worst of all the dregs, defense attorneys, keeping the scum Darkroom PD tries to put in jail on the streets, never continuing the cycle of criminality in this town. Something odd about it today, though. Normally there'd be a swath of, I didn't do it's, and I got money, just make it go away's. But the hall was silent. The lights were on in the windows but no one was around. Well, like I said, I didn't come down this way often. There's the lever. I'll just pull it and... Whoa! Just when I thought I killed everyone on this floor, I meet the biggest villain in town. Holy shit. Wait, did you just say you killed everyone? I thought you only killed criminals. Murderers, thieves, liars. 
and that's just the lawyers. <laughs> They're all criminals. The parole officers are on the take. Ugh. The lawyers will allow anybody to buy themselves out of jail. It's a cesspool. Haven't enough innocents suffered at the hands of this city's killers? She swung at me, but not like she was trying to kill me, like she was toying with me. She left me ample time to dodge and stumble out of the way. All I could see under her hood was a sadistic smile glazed in messy red lipstick, some of it transposed onto her teeth. And really, Frank, you are the worst of all. Why do you say that? Who are you? I'm just another person you couldn't save. And now no one is here to save you. She sneered at me. The room grew deadly still as her knuckles went ivory, clenching the grip of the axe. I glanced to my left along the wall. Next to the destroyed fire alarm panel, there was an axe behind a glass case. And I could never break it in time, but maybe I didn't need to. The fluorescent light flickered. She screamed as she raised her weapon, barreling forward. I positioned myself in front of the axe housing and dove to the side as she swung. Angel broke the case and in doing so set off the alarm. I grabbed the loose axe and leveled it to defend myself. Damn it! Now they'll get away! But at least I'll get you. Listen, no one is more aware of my shortcomings than me. Now I have given everything to this city and protecting it. Even the woman I love. Loved. Love? <laughs> she stopped swinging. She looked sad. The crazed snarl her mouth was twisted into drooped pitiably. I think maybe we had more in common than I would have thought. I mean, not enough to summon a demonic dog from hell, but... If that would have saved Lady, I would have done it myself. I would have moved heaven and earth. I've had enough of this. I'm bored. The fluorescent lights flickered again. And in that brief darkness, I heard a whistle, and then Angel was gone. Large, thundering footsteps shook the ceiling above, kicking dust off the light fixtures. Something about that beast responding to a whistle like that made it feel even more sinister. What were they doing here? Did they come here for me? For the people on this wing? Or maybe she was going after Gareth and Storelli's men. Shit! Sam! I rushed up the steps past a few stragglers meandering out of the building, muttering under their breath like a fire was wasting their time. They were too preoccupied to notice I had a fire axe in my hand. I finally made it to the end of the hall housing our investigation office. Blood was smeared and streaked over the white walls. Bloody handprints and chunks taken out of drywall, where men clawed for life in their final moments. Either the hellhound made it to our floor, or Dusty didn't listen to me. I pushed the ajar door fully open, and Cordelia was holding the back of Sam's bleeding head on the floor. When I moved in closer, I saw Dusty in tears, holding Sam's hand. It'll be okay, Sam. We called 911. They're on their way. Just stick with us, okay? <coughs> Dust, Dusty. Thanks. <coughs> for, 
being my my friend. Sam, don't go. Don't go, Sam. Keep your eyes open. Hold on, hold Dusty on. Dusty reached into his pocket to pull out his wolf medallion. He fumbled through, unwrapping the paper Dusty. bound with it. Sullen, Cordelia Lupus shook her head. Sam was gone. Lupus Another Pugnum. one I couldn't save. Expergacy. Another I've loved and lost. I've long abandoned the thought that life even had the capacity for occasional fairness. But now... It just spits in our face. Death follows me like a plague. That bastard Gareth! Alright kid, come here. We'll get him, I promise you. Frank, he left a note. Gareth? Yeah. She handed me the note hiding the blood-soaked hole through it from Dusty's vision. Gareth didn't leave this note in a traditional fashion. He nailed it into Sam's flesh. Luckily, Cordelia spared Dusty the additional guilt and despair by concealing it. Dearest cockroaches, I know you have my key, and I'm guessing by the fact you can't save your little friend here, you don't have the box. You also have some of Mr. Storelli's personal effects. One of them being a wolf head medallion which I will require you to return to me as well. But I'm actually a very reasonable man. You turn that whore Cordelia in with the key and the coin and I'll let the rest of you live. You have two days to deliver them to the Phantom Court building. Refuse? Well... I think I've made myself abundantly clear what happens then. Well, stranger, we appreciate you stopping by to spend some time with us in the shadows. If you want more Neon Shadows, head over to at Neon Shadows Pod on all social media. And check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash neonshadowspod. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. The cast of this episode was Dusty Willis, voiced by Dan Faulkner. Cordelia, voiced by Amber Wren. Frank Dixon, voiced by Ian Knowles. Angel, voiced by Blythe Renee. Sam, voiced by Ellie Hirschman. Gareth, voiced by David Alt. And Ulysses, voiced by Sean Goodrich. The theme song is Neon Shadows, performed by Amber Wren, written by Tyler Brown and Ian Knowles. Neon Shadows was created and written by Ian Knowles. All rights reserved, copyright Blunderbuss Studios 2021. Reuse or reproduction of our content is strictly prohibited. So, do you like comedy? If you do, then Friday Follies might be just the feed for you. 
From the Mutual Audio Network, every Friday we bring you a selection of hilarious audio drama. And you can find it wherever you find your podcasts. Just search for Friday Follies, or you could subscribe to the main Mutual Audio Network feed. It's up to you. Find us there. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.